All right, welcome in to another edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. I'm AJ Hoffman, joined as I always am by Griffin Warner. Hello, Griffin. Hey, uh, I'm finally on the board, got a best bet winner, and I'm very, very excited to uh, only hit 100% going forward. I, I'd appreciate that because we went one and one again because now I, I – some something had to give. I mean, uh, the ba- the basketball gods would only be satisfied with one of us losing a best bet. I, was just, I but I was honestly, if one of us had to lose one, I was willing to take one for the team this week to get you on the board because I feel like now that you're on the board, it can only be uh, uphill from here. So uh, let's jump into the weekend slate. We're going to preview. Uh, three of the biggest games and then best bets because normally we do four, but one of those four happens to be my best bet this week. So we'll uh, we'll go ahead and jump into it. First, I, w- I want to hit two things and that are, I guess, sort of non-related to the games that we're going to discuss. One is if you are a better of favorites you, and you're not betting the night before the games, the day before the games, you're missing out. I mean, there's just no way, in my opinion, to bet favorites on game day. You're, you've lost too much. I uh, I have five wagers for tomorrow's slate that I made when lines opened up this afternoon uh, as we record this on Tuesday night. Thursday and, night. Thursday night. Or yeah, Thursday. sorry, Thursday night. Uh, I ha- And I wasn't sure what one of these I knew was going to be my best bet for the pod. And a lot of them, it was just, it wasn't possible uh, to like after the line moves. I I mean, uh, there has been a two point line move, two point line move, two and a half point line move, one and a half point line move. The one I decided on has only had a half point line move from when I made my wager. So it's still, uh, it's still in the range that I'm comfortable with. So, uh, luckily I got uh, my pregame subscribers, got all these picks at the original numbers. Hopefully they're making their wagers, you know, on the the day before the games, because, and I guess the other side of that coin is if you're a dog better and I'm, I'm going to start doing this. If I like a dog, I think I'm just going to wait till the next day because it seems like every game money's coming in on the favorites, like the day before the game. So, I might as well wait and, and see if I can grab a little bit of extra value. And uh, I, I think that I, I think that's going to be just something I look into from now on. The other thing I wanted to mention is one of the teams I looked at as a potential best bet for today, and I ended up not going with them. But one of the teams that I've watched a couple times and I, I, I kind of dig is McNeese State, which sounds Ooh. ridiculous. But that is where Will Wade is coaching, former LSU coach, disgraced LSU coach Will Wade. And he's got a lot better players than McNeese State would normally ever have. And I was like, if I can get like – they're playing UT Martin this weekend. And I was like, if I can get a 12, maybe I'd play him. Ken Palm has it at 14. It's probably going to just be out of my range, which is fine. I, I, I may find a way to get a first half look or something. But when I looked at that, I saw on their schedule who they play next Tuesday. And I found it interesting on Tuesday, December 5th, McNeese state will play the Mississippi university for women. Oh, that, that, that doesn't seem fair. Right. And, uh, I, I actually did some research and they are, they, they have 20% male population now. 
and it was historically only for white women or like originally. So they've, they've changed some things at the university for women in Mississippi. Uh, but apparently they've had men's athletics since 2017. It's a division three school. So Will Wade really pushing his boys before uh, before conference play to make sure that uh, that things are going their way. All right, enough about that nonsense. Let's jump into the games, Griffin. And we're going to start with a, a game on Friday, and it's part of the Big 12 Big East Challenge. Houston minus 7.5 at Xavier. Oh, well, I say that wrong. Houston minus 9.5 at ooh, Xavier. Ooh. Uh, if you – again – I talked about this. This is one of the games that I played yesterday. I played Houston minus seven and a half. Uh, that was I maybe played that three hours ago. Uh, it's now nine and a half. There are I, I, well, there was a rogue. There's a there's a rogue nine out there, but obviously it's it's more expensive. Let's start with. I mean, this this Xavier team is not only. A shell of what it was last year. I mean, Sole Boom's gone, Colby Jones gone, Jack Nunji gone, Adam Kunkel gone. They're a shell of what they could eventually be this year because neither of the presumed starting front court has played the game this year. Jerome Hunter, Zach Fremantle, shocker, Zach Fremantle's dealing with an injury. He had surgery like in September or something like that. He, he's not ready to go yet. So basically, they have this, this North Texas transfer, Usman, and then they have a bunch of freshmen in the front court. That that ain't gonna cut it against this this Houston front court. I I mean Xavier's already lost three games this season, including their last outing at home against Oakland. Now now in comes Houston, who's won every game this season by double digits, completely well balanced, ninth in offensive efficiency, first in defensive efficiency, uh, dominant rebounding on both ends, top ten nationally in turnovers created and allowed. Like this is a complete. This is the best team in the country, at least analytically. I, I laying laying single digits. I, I still think. I mean, if if you put a gun to my head right now and said, "Hey, you got to make a decision here on nine and a half," I, I'd still lay it with Houston. I, I think they absolutely smash this Xavier team that I just don't, I don't think has enough bodies right now. What do you What do you see with these two squads? I mean, the Citas Center has been uh, a great spot for an underdog or a short home favorite over the years. Sean Miller back at Xavier, of course, knows what he's doing. Um, but as you mentioned, there's also a lot of changes in the in the backcourt as well. So they're missing a bunch of frontcourt options. They brought in, uh, I think, Xavion McKnight from uh, Western Kentucky, also Olivari from Rice. So yep. this is a pretty young team, all surrounding Desmond Claude. Um pretty good team that could be better later in conference play but uh breaking they, in they need North Fremantle transfer. to be like even remotely competitive I think uh possibly which as you mentioned I I feel like this year might not even it, this year might come too soon for Zach Fremantle like they're they're talking about potentially saving for next year oh, um not not a great scenario for Xavier uh they do have will have a huge crowd behind them but uh this Houston team has looked very mature. Uh, I made the big mistake of backing Dayton against them in a neutral court, which was pretty much a, a road environment. There's plenty of Houston fans there, yes, but Dayton shows up at every out-of-conference, non, uh, non-conference, non-sanctioned event, MTE, whatever you want to call it. Um, Xavier are 
or Xavier is, uh, I think, going to be a decent team in the Big East, but it's going to take a little while. Uh, they got to get those transfers to gel into a lineup. And uh, unfortunately, what I've learned about fading Houston is it's just not a, generally not a good idea. If it's even a competitive game, which most of the time it's not, uh, unfortunately, they do seem to find a way to get outside that number and hang there in the last few minutes, whether it's uh, poor refereeing decisions or just some great free throw shooting at the end. Um, I am not really looking to back Xavier until they prove something a little bit more to me, and they haven't done that yet. Uh, Houston are still a team. I think they're favored in every game except for their Kansas game uh, on February, let's see, February 3rd uh, on the road at KU. Um, besides that, favorites in every game so far this year or down the stretch this year, it's going to be a great year for Houston, and I'm not looking to be against them because, unfortunately, even if you have a good setup, which I thought Dayton was um, – Houston is going to out-rebound you no matter what you have on the floor, and uh, Xavier has a big weakness in the interior. I think that the interesting game, uh, the other interesting game on their schedule where they might be a dog would be at Baylor. Uh, I mean, if they're if they're favorite at Baylor, uh, I'll, I'll be on Baylor, I think. But it's that's what it takes. It takes being on the road at another top-tier team for me to even really want to consider jumping in against them. And uh, looking at Ken Palm, Ken Palm has them favorite in every single game including that at Kansas favored by one at Baylor favored by Ooh. one uh, at Texas favored by five at BYU, which is a machine right now favored by two. I, I mean, they're, they're just, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Um, yeah. It, I think a part of it is what, what you said about uh, you know, it, they always find a way to get outside the number. They take like 15, 16 more shots per game than their opponents. Like they, it's all the all the extra possessions, all the rebounded, all the offensive rebounds, all the uh, all the turnovers created. It, they just always get more shots. And if you say Team A is going to get fifteen more shots than Team B, yeah, they're they're going to pull away in in those games more often than not. Especially when you got a quality squad like this, an efficient squad like this, because it's not like they're a great shooting team. They don't they they they're not. They they just. They max. They get more more opportunities than everyone else. They create more opportunities for themselves. All right, let's look at Marquette at Wisconsin. We're going to project this one. Marquette minus two. And for me, this one's pretty simple. This is a team I love going up against a team that I think is pretty overrated. Like the, the best thing you can say about this Wisconsin team is they brought everyone back from last year. Nine of the top ten scores from last season are back. Awesome. That's rare in today's, you know, transfer portal NIL era. The bad news is this was an NIT team last year. They don't have a star. Guys like Johnny Davis just don't end up in Madison every season. It's just not the way it works there. And this Marquette team just seems like on a different level. Marquette didn't beat Purdue in the final. They lost by three in the final in Maui. I think they were the best team in Maui. Like to play Purdue to three and then the day before having blown out Kansas – I feel like they're a team that I I was already high on. I left feeling best about Marquette after that tournament. They just have a lot more paths to victory here. Um, they did lose to this Wisconsin team last year at home. Um, and I don't know if you believe in revenge spots or, or what, but it was a, a terrible game for Kolick. It was a, it was a, a terrible game for, for Oso. It, like, I don't know if, they're they remember I'm sure they remember that game I'm sure this is a, a a game that the Marquette guys probably circle every year 
Um, but I, I think that th- this team is just on a different level than Wisconsin right now. Like Marquette is a legit national title contender, and I don't know if Wisconsin's a tournament team. Uh, so laying under a possession, even on the road, I, I do think there will be some Marquette fans there on, on the road. Um, I, I don't think they'll have an advantage, but I think there will be some Marquette fans there the way they're playing right now. Uh, so I, I, I like uh, I like Marquette here. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, I think there's a big matchup problem potentially for uh, Wisconsin with trying to figure out what to do with Tyler Wall and I think it's Tyler Crowell as well. Are there, are there two Tylers? Anyway, um, everybody, every footer. white guy in Wisconsin is named Tyler. Don't you know that? Uh, it's it's Stephen Stephen Crowell though. I think Stephen. Okay, apologies, apologies to the Crowell family. Uh, Stephen Crowell. Yeah, uh, he's a big seven footer, and we've seen Ozzy Gadara. If he's on the floor, he can cause a matchup problems. He basically played. Uh, Hunter Dickinson off the floor in that Kansas game yeah. that you talked about. They won pretty uh, easily, you could maybe say. Um, my biggest question is how much does that Wisconsin crowd matter? There will certainly be a lot of Marquette fans there. I actually was going to go to this game with a bunch of Marquette fans, but I think I'm going to stay in town for the Big 12 championship since it's the last time that Texas will be in it. But um, I, I think from... Uh, a matchup's perspective, trying to figure out how to guard the center position when it's not just a, a down low, pounded inside and and throw up shots off off the glass for two. Uh, Oso is going to create the offense, which I think is going to put a lot of problems on the Wisconsin side and potentially make them change their lineup a little bit. Maybe play Tyler Wall because he's more athletic and potentially uh, sacrifice some of their size inside. Um, I, I think the big question for me is on the road there, the ceilings of home teams are, are significantly higher. Uh, the, the ceilings of road teams are significantly lower. So that's my biggest question here. Um, I think this is a big test for Marquette. I don't really, I'm not sure that they're going to pass it. Honestly, I think if I had to play something gun to my head, I'd look towards the Wisconsin side. Um, but I'm not sure that I believe in them. I've really made a fair amount of money being against Wisconsin over the years, and I don't know that uh, the big Virginia win, though Virginia just looked pretty good against Texas A&M earlier this week. Uh, I'm not sure that's enough to sway me that all the problems have been fixed for Wisconsin. If they make a bunch of three-point shots, that's probably their path to victory. Uh, it's a pretty small one, I would agree with you. Um, or maybe if Iguodaro is going to get reaching fouls uh, on hedge attempts trying to steal the ball. Um, hopefully he's learned from that and I expect he will. Um, I think this is one of those where I'm going to watch and see, I, I think there is an upset potential here, but I'm not willing to back Wisconsin until, until they prove they can make shots, which I just, I just don't believe they can. All right, let's get to a game out West actually here in, in my neck of the woods in Las Vegas. It'll be at the MGM grand garden arena on Saturday, Gonzaga and USC. And we're going to go ahead and project Gonzaga minus four here. And this is a really interesting matchup. What I've seen of this Gonzaga team, this is not uh, this is not what we're used to. This is not a like a smooth, free-flowing offense. Uh, this is a team that is not a great outside shooting team. Uh, they, I guess they're still... Their offensive efficiency or the adjusted efficiency for for offense is still 13th in the country, uh, and a lot of that is they're they're a good offensive rebounding team and it, they 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 take a lot of quality shots at the basket. Great, but it's not what we're used to. They're, they're 250th in three point percentage. 
Uh, they're slowed down. They're 114th in tempo right now. Uh, obviously, they've been playing a lot faster than that the last few years. The the most alarming number, though, they are 203rd in turnover percentage. And when you're not a great shooting team, you can't really afford to turn the ball over. And that worries me for this team. USC, on the other hand, uh, they are they're they are a good shooting team. They they shoot well from outside. Uh, they shoot well at the free throw line. They, however, they, as as teams with young guys running the uh, running the show tend to do, they have a lot of turnover issues right now. And Isaiah Collier uh, is is turning the ball over probably more than than they'd want him to. Uh, Boogie Ellis has actually been pretty careful with the ball, which is nice. I, I'm I'm torn on this game. I think I'm leaning to USC getting points here. I, I trust them a little more defensively. Uh, I, I trust that they've got at least two guys that I know on any given night are going to to put up some numbers. I will say Graham Ek has been – he looks like he's a good fit so far. Anton Watson looks like the best player for Gonzaga in my mind, which I, I'm surprised at. Usually if you're a fifth – you're a senior, like usually if you're the best player, you're gone by now, although it's, I guess Drew Timmy stayed for like nine years. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just don't think that this Gonzaga team has the ceiling – that past Gonzaga teams have had and you're still paying not I don't know that you're paying full Gonzaga price but you're still paying more than you should be for this team I think based on brand name what do you see uh from a USC perspective I know that this podcast has been fairly high on the Trojans for a couple of years uh I think there's a problem right now between uh Boogie Ellis and Isaiah Collier trying to figure out how to play them together because I think they're both ball dominant guards. I think what's eventually going to happen is Collier will play that kind of point forward position or point guard position, and then uh, leave Boogie Ellis on the perimeter to try to make three point shots. That's worked pretty well so far. I would expect because Boogie Ellis is shooting 48% from three. Um, But ultimately my question, so the going to Las Vegas, Gonzaga plays there all the time. USC has, I think already played there when they beat Kansas state in their opener. Um, but the question that I always have with USC, unfortunately, is that turnover thing that you brought up, which is, uh, kind of an issue. And, uh, you really can't win games when you take less shots than your opponents, a la Houston from earlier in this discussion. I I think, um, from a USC's perspective, they're generally very tall inside and will prevent you from getting offensive rebounds, getting easy shots to the rim. That's a huge benefit to USC. Uh, I don't know if we're thinking this is going to be a three-point spread, but something a little bit above zero, at least on USC getting some points. I think it's going to be Gonzaga just out either three and a half or four is my guess. I mean, above a possession, I think I would be very interested in USC. Uh, I don't know that the Gonzaga crowd matters too much, though I think there will be a fair amount of them in Vegas. I don't know really that USC travels very well for any type of sport besides football, and even then, I'm not sure I I consider them much of a home field advantage in that sport either. Um, There's certainly a ton of talent. Um, we got Bronny James in the wings at some point coming for USC, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be available here. So uh, I I think from a USC perspective and what I'd be thinking about if I'm going to back them in this matchup is – uh, do I think that they can cause Gonzaga some problems scoring the basketball? You mentioned turnover issues for Gonzaga. I'm surprised about that with the Nemhard addition, uh, yeah. who's a pretty po- pure point guard and um, seems to fit that position a lot better than his older brother, who was there, I think, a few years ago. Um, my my big question is, I mean, how do you defend EK? It probably 
I mean, Morgan and Iwuchukwu are great shot blockers inside, and I think that could really bother EK, who suddenly is a three-point shooter, though he's only making 29% of his shots so far this year from out there. So um, I, He's I a think willing shooter. As, well, he was never – I don't remember him being a willing shooter at Wyoming. I guess broke his foot, shot a lot of three-point shots standing still, um, and doesn't get, really get guarded out there, uh, which maybe will change in the future. But at 29%, I think people are willing to let him shoot. Um, I think from a, a, a just an underdog perspective, I think USC have a good chance to keep this game close. I think there's a good possibility that maybe this is the game where Collier and Ellis finally figure out how to play together. Uh, you could be waiting for that to happen, and you might miss out on a good underdog winner, unfortunately. So uh, I think USC are the side I want in this game, and especially over possession, that's the way to go. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Yeah, and another thing to, to note is USC's got some decent depth this year, and Gonzaga's usually not a team that plays a lot of guys, but they're 357th out of 362 teams in bench minutes this year. And I was I was watching their broadcast, and it w- wasn't the uh, the team broadcast, but it was on, on the UCLA game, and I want to say it was Bill Walton was saying uh, they're 10 deep. And I was well. You're saying they're ten deep, but they're literally playing seven guys in this game. Like, how how are they ten deep? That's just it's fundamentally wrong. They they they're not willing to put more than they had six guys play double digit minutes in that in that game. They had three guys play all forty minutes, including 
a freshman in Dusty Stromer played every minute of that game. That is that that's a problem. And if it's not a problem today, it's certainly going to be a problem as the season goes on. And I think it could be a problem against USC, who's going to have fresh legs throughout this game. They wrote they they rotate guys well. Like we said, they have two two guards, like the two best players on their team are kind of interchangeable, can be on the floor at any given time, and you're not going to see much of a drop off. Um, I think that's a problem for, for them. So I, I'm interested in USC as a dog here. All right, let's get to best bets. Before we do, Griffin, can you tell the people how to save some cash at pregame.com? Yeah, we got a 20% off for uh, all listeners of this college basketball podcast. Go throw in NCAA, uh, Nike, Charlie, Anthony, Anthony, 20 into your uh, pregame.com website. Good for seven days from the podcast release. Good for 20% off anything on the site. So if you want to load up on one of AJ or my season packages, uh, I'm assuming there's some bowl stuff coming out as well for both of us as well. So uh, make sure you jump in on that. If you want to have bets on random days in December at noon Eastern time or 9 a.m. Pacific, wherever you live, you can find some action and you get 20% off so you can save some money and you can throw that into your next wager or keep rolling that over and over again when we keep giving you winners. So throw in NCAA 20. We get a little credit, AJ and I. Uh, the bosses like us a little bit more, at least a little bit more than yesterday if you keep using our code. So throw that in there. NCAA, NCAA 20. Good for 20% off for all listeners of this college basketball podcast. All right. Well, you got the win. Uh, I think you went first last week, so I think we should stick with that. I I think that's nice. Uh, I'm going to take – it's a little bit of – uh, I feel like a, a little bit of, of like a trash panda here, maybe a raccoon, if you will. Um, I really like Colgate. I think they're a really competitive team against all the big schools they play. They're going on the road to Arizona, a very tough place to play, of course. But uh, they're one of those weird mid-majors, low-majors that actually have a lot of talent. The, the wins have not come so far this season, uh, but they have had a huge lead at Syracuse that they unfortunately let get away. Uh, and getting 20 points on the road at Arizona, I feel like they're going to be in a game throughout. And I think if they stay in that number as long as uh, – usually with big dogs, if they go outside that number, they don't really get back into it. But I think it's going to take a little while for Arizona to get, to get there. So give me Colgate plus 20. I think they have options inside and have a lot of three-point shooters around uh, Keegan Records or uh, their backup as well, whose name's escaped me. Woodman, Woodchuck, Woods, Woodchuck, Wood, if you would could, could Woodward, Chuck Wood. Woodward. Jeff Woodward. Woodward, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Woodward. I, I feel like there's enough inside that Colgate can keep an Arizona front line that's, of course, gigantic as they always are. Keep them honest and uh, get some three-point shooting from the outside. And Colgate stays within that number of plus 20 from AJ Swami predictions. Yeah, you may even get more than that. Um, so so that, that's a possibility because, I mean, Colgate, like you said, the results haven't come yet. And it, they lost by 18 to Yale on a neutral. Uh, so there may be people who say, oh, if that's the case, they're Arizona, look, they're, look what they're doing to everybody. I will say it, if you want to fade Arizona, seeing what they did, uh, I guess it was on Thanksgiving uh, against Michigan State and – I. God bless them. They cashed a ticket for me at, at minus five and a half. Uh, they, they won by six. It was about as close as it could get, but it, it was not the most promising performance against a team that I don't think very highly of in Michigan state. So maybe, and, you know, and maybe they're a little rusty, a team that, that plays with so much rhythm to be having 10 days off, maybe not ideal for them. So I, I don't, I don't mind your side here. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with one of the marquee games 
and I'm going to take the Kansas Jayhawks. You can still get them mm. at minus two and a half hosting UConn. This is UConn's first elite test of the season. They played Texas. Starting to look like Texas is good, not great. They played Indiana. Starting to look like Indiana is just not good. Meanwhile, it's their first road game of the year. Kansas has been out there with Marquette, Kentucky, Tennessee. They're playing the big boys and having plenty of success. Dickinson is going to be a tough matchup here for Klingon. I I think he's going to draw him out of the paint. That opens things up for McCullough to attack the basket. I I think the Jayhawks have a big edge when it comes to both three-point offense and three-point defense. The path to offense for UConn is at the rim, and this is just such a gigantic Kansas team that makes it difficult. I think UConn is really good, obviously. They they won the national championship last year. They're a contender again this year. But you've got to remember, this was a team that had a run last year where they lost 8 out of 10 games. This is not a a flawless team. This is not an unbeatable team. And with Kansas, I've got the better coach. I've got a more complete roster. And I'm laying under a possession on a great home court. So I'm going to go with the Jayhawks, minus 2.5. Hosting UConn in the uh, the biggest matchup of the, of the weekend, I think. What do you what do you to see in that matchup? I mean, this is a big test for your bet favorites early theory. I, I'm wondering. I really don't know where the market's going to push this one. Uh, I would expect KU would come closer to zero than it would be to go outside of a possession, get to three and a half or so. It might just stay here as well. Um, I think. Well, remember, I, I played I mean, this at two. It's already at two and a half. I, I we'll see. I. I would say the the initial moves are usually a good indicator of where things are going. So if you're seeing something climb from two to two and a half, it's probably not going back towards zero. Uh, but you never know. I mean, late money or something like that. Uh, one of the the syndicates deciding that Connecticut is actually the best team in basketball and has been for a little bit of of, of time. Um, they certainly haven't been tested yet. You could argue that all their games have been played at home because at Madison Square Garden, yeah. it's essentially stores Southwest. Uh, Indiana, not a huge competitive uh, scenario. Texas uh, sat Caden Shedrick, worried about his knee, I think. So um, that's a team in flux that's trying to figure out who they are. I think this is a big test. And as always, you have to pay heed if you enter the fog. So uh, I'm a Kansas backer here or nothing. All right, there we go. And I I think you're right. I think if if a team is going to take money back the other way, it's going to be a, a big name brand team. It'll be a team like UConn where they, or a big marquee matchup. When you look at, for example, like the, one of the other games that, that ran that I, uh, that I played earlier was Iowa state in DePaul. I, I, I played it at Iowa state 12. It's at 14 and a half. Now it's not going back. It'll be, it'll be probably 16 when it closes. Nobody wants to bet on DePaul there. There are people who are going to look at UConn and go, yeah, I'll take that. I, so I, I think I think you make a good point when I when you say that usually it doesn't come back. I think this is a scenario uh, where you got a nice name brand team that I could see it coming back. All right. So there you go. We've got a Colgate plus 20 ish and uh, yes. that'll, that'll be on Saturday. And we we've got Kansas minus two and a half, which is available right now. So we know that's the number. No, no need for Swami to project it. Uh, Griffin, <laughs> glad to have you back on board with best bets. Welcome to the party. Uh, finally got a win thank you thank you thank you let's keep it going and uh and and best of luck to you guys out there this weekend enjoy the games we'll be back on sunday night to preview next week's games enjoy them boys